Amen. We're, what are we on tonight? Gifts of healing? Yep. Amen. Let's stay right up here. So. How is everybody? Good. Good. I'm sorry. When Lisa was giving her testimony, I was, I was laughing because she kept doing this. Like I, like I knew what she was talking about. And she was like looking at me. And I, I wasn't even in the room in the beginning, so I, I had no idea what she was even referring to. And I'm just like, <laughs> so sorry, Lisa. I just, yeah. I have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> but praise God. God is moving through his people and through his congregation. And it's so exciting to see the body of Christ in operation and at work and activated wherever they're at. So this is a, a wonderful thing. But we are going to get into the gifts of healing uh, tonight. We have went through uh, three of the gifts already. We went through gifts of uh, faith and miracles and right no two did we go to through two okay yeah see in the beginning when pastor Brad looked at me and he said okay will you teach on the gifts of of the spirit what do you need three weeks four weeks and I'm just like I just stared at him I didn't say anything I just stared and I'm like <laughs> it's not the first time or the first thing you said so we can tell this is not this is not the last week but we, are, we have made it to the third gift, the gifts of healing. So let's, uh, let's go ahead and look at 1 Corinthians real quick, get a, get a reminder of the scripture that we are uh, wrapping all this around, 1 Corinthians chapter 12. And I'm going to read starting at verse 7. But the manifestation of the gift is given, uh, the, sorry, but the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. For to one is given the word of wisdom through the Spirit, to another the word of knowledge through the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another gifts of healings by the same Spirit, to another the working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another discerning of spirits, to another different kinds of tongues, and to another the interpretation of tongues. But one and the same Spirit works all these things, distributing to each one individually as he wills. Let's go ahead and pray. Father, we thank you for just the, the revelation, the understanding for growth tonight in, in the knowledge of the gifts of the Spirit. But Father, not only knowledge, but revelation and insight. Lord, that you would give our hearts revelation, our spirits revelation to how your kingdom works, Lord, how you operate, how your spirit wants to operate through us. I pray that faith increases tonight for those that, that are desiring to uh, operate greater in the gifts of, of healings. And, Father, that you would increase them tonight for those that are needing a healing in their body. I pray, Father, for faith for that to increase as well, to receive that healing in their body. And we thank you, Father, for it. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. And, again, of course, uh, Brother Don and Pastor Brad will 
jump in at whatever moments they want to, to to add to anything that they want to add to. But uh, when we're when we're talking about the gifts of healings, we're we're not talking about <coughs> um, going to remember all these gifts are supernatural. They are, they are from heaven. They are supernatural. They're divine gifts. So we're not referring to, you know, going to the hospital and, and getting an IV and, and you know, that uh, medication, whatever, was pumped in, and that's what healed me. God healed me. Yes, God can sustain us, but what the gifts of healings that we're talking about, they are supernatural. They are uh, a healing from God. We, are, we don't denote uh the, the things that happen through doctors and, and in the medical profession at all because God gives people wisdom and understanding just like a scientist to advance. I mean, think of think of it. If we don't have the faith for something at, at a certain moment in our life or if someone's not a Christian and they have no faith at all, how else are they going to receive, uh, you know, what they need, advancement, healing in their body? But it's through the medical field. So God gives us understanding to use our minds to apply to things to help us in life but there is also a greater way which is supernatural divine healing and these gifts of the spirit I do want to make note that they are for us it's not just for uh you know many times we talk about you know they're for the body of Christ to to be uh, used to flow through to touch the body of Christ they are gifts to the body they are but they are also gifts that we can also uh get the benefit from so these things can also benefit you you can receive from the gifts as well uh, you can operate in these things uh, and be able to receive. I mean, even, you know, when we get into tongues and interpretation or, you know, word of wisdom, you can receive those things yourself for your own situation. That's what I'm trying to get out. Um, but there are, there are often you, you will see uh, healings in three different areas. Many times we refer to these things as, as physical We'll see the physical healings a lot, but there also can be spiritual healing, and there can be uh, emotional healing as well. And many times emotional healing happens through revelation. Because if God can show you, think about it, if someone has been hurt emotionally in some way, whether it's through a dramatic, tragic thing that's happened in their life, uh, you know, whether, you know, they were victimized in some way or whether there were hurt, uh, there was hurt in relationships and it caused them to have a lot of pain in their life. But God can heal that in a moment. And that doesn't come from any psychoanalysis. That doesn't come from a, a psychologist. It doesn't come from you sitting through sessions, you know, uh, once a week for 10 years. That can come instantly or through revelation. And I, the reason I say that is because many times people think that, well, God doesn't heal emotionally. This is only referring, referring to physical healings, but that's not true. There have been things that I've been healed of emotionally, and it's through revelation. There were things that, that even when I was 
around 20, you know, I had to have healing in my heart towards, uh, towards my own father with my relationship with my father. And there were things that I didn't understand. There were things, you know, I'm looking at it from my perspective as a, as a daughter, but God opened my eyes and through, I was reading a particular book and I couldn't even tell you what the book was today. I, I don't even know the name of it, but I know that God healed me when I read through that and gave me revelation. And it was in, in a moment's time. It wasn't a process that took three years. It was in a moment's time. It was like all of a sudden, I, uh, it was like the Holy Spirit showed me that he did the best that he knew how to do with what had been given to him by his own family. And by understanding that, it completely set me free. And there were other things that God showed me, too, in, in moments of uh, supernatural visitation. And through those things, there was healings emotionally to me and my heart. And so God can heal emotionally as well. But uh, even as we talk through this, spiritual uh, spiritual healings can happen by casting out of demons because many times people uh, think that that there might be a physical problem, but it might actually be spiritual. And once the spiritual is taken care of, then the physical healing comes. And so we have to realize that sometimes when we're dealing with physical things, that we have to be willing to have our, it's not a formula. It's not just everything's a formula. We have to, to be sensitive to what God's saying to us in those moments because it could be that God's telling us this is what's going on here. They need, for, they need to forgive here, and this is the reason why they're dealing with this physical ailment. Or they need uh, this spirit cast off of them, and that's why they're dealing with, with this particular thing. And so there's spiritual there's spiritual things, too. I mean, even anxiety, depression, those are spiritual things most of the time. Uh, so there's, there's things that, that can be healing in three different areas, the physical, the, the, the spiritual, and emotional. Um, the other thing I want to say before we kind of get into this is <coughs> many times people are robbed of their healing because they, they don't continue to stand. For instance, if someone comes up and receives prayer, but they don't feel something, well, you know, Brother David felt something, but I didn't feel something. So therefore, I didn't receive something. It doesn't mean that you didn't receive it just means that you're, you're standing in faith. And we're going to talk about faith in this because faith is how all of these things flow. So faith is what will, will cause healing to flow into your body, into your, into your being. But just because you didn't feel something physically or in your feelings or emotionally, it doesn't mean that you didn't receive something. Because sometimes you could go home or there could be something that happens uh, a week or two later and boom, you realize I'm healed. And it happened over the course of a time or you didn't even realize it until a couple of days and then you're realizing like, I haven't felt this for a couple of days. I ha this hasn't been bothering me. And you don't even realize the moment that it happened, but it happened and then you realize I'm free of that pain now. 
So whenever someone come, comes and lays hands on you, don't be quick to say, well, I didn't get it, because that can rob you of your healing. You continue to stand in faith and receiving that, because if not, people can actually devoid them or void themselves of their healing by walking away saying, I didn't get it, because I didn't feel or because I didn't, um, you know, have, a, have an emotional reaction to it, or I didn't fall on the ground, or I didn't respond in some way. So everything, remember, faith. If you only, what? Believe. Say believe. Very good. <clears throat> All right. Um, I want to get into tonight, and I'm going to give you guys uh, a chance to say anything you want to say before I get into this. Because what I, what I want to spend most of our time going through tonight is ways to administer healing. Ways to administer healing. So before I get into that, is there anything that you guys want to kind of touch on uh, through the introductory part of that? Is there anything that's... Just one thing. Um, as you were talking, it, first of all, it is, everything is by faith. It's, it's grabbing a hold of the promises of God and standing in faith. Because I've seen it. I've seen people receive instantaneous uh, healings at an altar. And then days later, the same thing came back on them. So, and the Bible says we're perfected in praise. And healing sometimes is, is a process, as, as Pastor Miranda said. That's the part you, you it's, it's the working of gifts of healing, working of miracles. So these things, if you don't feel it immediately, you don't go by how you feel. You go by as you're standing in faith. Now, one thing I did want to, like she was talking about, there are some things are associated, like the Bible says, everyone that Jesus, they brought to him, he healed them all. However, there are situations where why doesn't a person receive their healing? Because there is a spirit that's attached with it. Something there, there's a, there, in other words, so it's the gifts of healings won't work in that kind of situation because there's a spirit in operation and you have to what? Use the gift of faith and the discerning of spirits. When you cast out like a spirit of infirmity, it releases, or sometimes it's the, the person doesn't need healing, but there's a demonic oppression that's affecting that. So it's important to realize these things when you're believing for healing or standing in healing, or when you're ministering healing, to understand that how, the, how the gift flows. As Pastor Miranda said, it is a supernatural gift. It doesn't take, you know, the Lord says, go home and take two chocolate chip cookies and you'll feel better in the morning. It's a gift of healing. It's, it flows out and it's supernatural. And that person is made whole. So but the, the, the other aspect I want to bring out, too, is, as Pastor Brent said, it's always by faith. So it's either the person's faith who's administering and operating in the gift of healing or the person's faith who's receiving. According to your faith, be it unto you. So I wanted to emphasize those two things. Just uh, two points, too. Um, you know, believe. You know, every believer has access to healing. And it, it's, it's your birthright as, as a child of God, you, you know, as you become, as you are, as you become a child of God, as you, as you are born again, you now have a covenant right that you, you can go to the Father and ask. I, you know, one of the scriptures, Genesis 15, 16, they shall go to thy fathers and thy peace. They shall be buried in a good, good old age is what the Bible says, but, um, and then uh, 3 John 3, 2, Beloved, I wish above all things that, uh, that thou may prosper and be in health, even as thy soul prospers. And these are two scriptures that I, you know, I, I use or I put to remembrance. But, 
but it's uh, it's important that you understand that it is it is your birthright. You know, uh, healing is a, is a part of your salvation package. Um, you know, and the second thing is, you know, and I don't know if you're covering this or not. I'm not trying to get ahead by any means, but but there there's a root of sickness. There's there's a there's a blatant root of sickness. You know, in John 10:10, 10, 10, the Bible says the enemy comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy. So that that root of sickness, or you know, cancer, whatever it may be, the the enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But what's the second part of that scripture say? But I have come that I that I've, I've come to give you life and life more abundantly. Those are the words of Jesus. So we understand there's an enemy to our faith that wants to bring sickness on our bodies. That's why you know understanding that you know the the, the fight of faith is what it takes to overcome. And um, you know and I, and I just. But there is a root, um, there's, a, there's a root that, you know, um, it's an evil root. The enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy. So understand that. So, you know, that's the battle that oftentimes we are, we are fighting. Um, you know, so um, anyway, I just, those, are, those are two points real quick. It's your covenant right, and understand that there's a root, there's a, there's a root, uh, uh, there's an enemy. Amen. I know, we, you know, not to give the enemy any credit, but. But Jesus said, "I have come to give you life and life more abundantly." So, so, and I'm glad. I'm glad that th- that's a that's a powerful word to hang on to. Amen. So. Yeah, and you have to know that that it's from the enemy. Otherwise, you can very easily endorse it. You can you can you can stroke your 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 sickness, or you know, or you you can get comfortable with your sickness, and you know, well, I can like you know, because people you know people will say, well, you know, that's my thorn in the flesh. You know, give me a break. You know, you're not Paul, so you know quiet down you know but you know i just going to live with it jesus won't give me any more than i can handle that's not that's not what you know it's not referencing that anyway so so don't stroke you know don't get comfortable if you, there's something there that's not supposed to be there curse that thing out you know get rid of it amen so and fight for it and get people in it will fight with it i don't mean to interrupt you but go ahead i just wanted to add one more thing too it a, an unbeliever can receive the gift of healing that's important to know because it demonstrates the mercy of God. Even a person who doesn't believe, God can extend his hand and the gift of healing can operate in the un- unbeliever as a sign, as a demonstration of God's power and to reveal the mercy of God, how much God loves them that while they're yet sinners. While they were yet sinners, he died for them. Well, he purchased healing and salvation at the same time. So that's a great testimony. Someone, I don't even know if I believe in your Jesus. Well, let me show you how much my Jesus loves you. And then lay hands on them people and see. Many people are converted to Christianity through the gifts of healing. I know a lady's life that was prolonged in Hawaii, and she's still living. And, and Jonathan prayed for her some 15 years ago. And she's not really living for Jesus, but she got healed. You know, she got healed by. So Although I mean, that's, that's not great, recommended. Huh? No, you should live for Jesus. Amen. It's important. Yeah. <laughs> Let's get that on the tape. So, anyway, that's good. Yeah. So you you 
have to know that sickness comes from the enemy or it will be easy for you to to just think this is part of life this is this is uh you know something you know a lot of people think god gave it to them well god's showing me something he's giving me this for a reason so i can i can help others through it so i have compassion so i'll you know whatever the mindset is and and people will repeat those things because they hear other people say them but that is a lie from hell so the God, there is no sickness in heaven. There's no sickness in heaven. God did not create sickness. Sickness comes from the devil. So when you realize that, then it puts in, in you inside, you realize, like, this is the enemy. He's trying to take me out. He's trying to uh, cause me to slow down. Because if you're not healthy, then how, much, how active can you be for God? It slows you down for the kingdom things. So when you realize that, then it puts an anger on the, a righteous anger on the inside of you. And, and you're looking at the enemy going, how dare you? This is, you've went across the line and you've taken something that's not yours and now you have to give it back. And so it puts a fight on the inside of you that he has crossed a boundary line. And so you you go out and you and you remark the boundary lines and you restate them and, and you make sure that you're claiming the territory and your inheritance because it's your portion. Healing is the children's bread. Uh, and and since we're already on the the faith thing, I want to go ahead and just stay there for a minute and talk about that uh, because because every way that because when we talk about the ways to administer healing, it's all done through faith. So let's talk about faith for a second. Uh, Galatians. I want to read out of Galatians chapter three. Because Paul was trying to, to tell the church here that they had gotten back into the law on things. And, you know, the, into a religious mindset around certain things. And so he's saying to them in chapter 3, uh, verse 2, this only I want to learn from you. Did you receive the Spirit by the works of the law? or by the hearing of faith. Are you so foolish, having begun in the spirit? You are now being made perfect by the flesh. So he's saying here, you received in the beginning through the spirit. You received your salvation in the spirit because you what? Believed that he died for you and took away your sins and cleansed you and wiped the slate clean and gave you new life. And you now have a, a, a future and an eternity with him. You, you did nothing to earn those things. So now having received it in faith, the thing of the spirit in faith are you now returning to the law are you now returning to works that it's all based upon remember all these things are spiritual things so they come through faith in the spirit so he's saying are you now returning back to works to try to receive spiritual things and so he goes on and he says have you suffered so many things in vain if indeed it was in vain Therefore, he who supplies the spirit to you and works miracles among you, does he do it by the works of the law or by, or by the hearing of faith? Just as Abraham believed God and it was accounted to him 
for righteousness. Therefore know that only those who are of faith are sons of Abraham. So he, he's saying here that we receive in faith. It's not by works. It's not uh, th through any works that any man can boast, but it's received by faith. The precious gift of the Spirit and everything that comes along with it is received through faith. So that has to wipe out all of those religious mindsets that, well, I didn't do this good enough, and just like Brother Don said, you know, somebody has to be saved to receive healing or, uh, you know... I have to do X, Y, Z before I can receive. I have to be saved for so long. Whatever, whatever it might be in your mind that the enemy has tried to set up because he'll put things in there and then you realize sometimes, well, you know what? I didn't even realize like that was, that was becoming a stronghold or becoming uh, something in my mind that I was thinking, but it was causing doubt that maybe I'm not, I can't receive because of this, because, you know, I haven't felt it. I haven't, I didn't feel something here. So therefore, when I went back to my seat, then I done lost it because I was expecting on a feeling. So we have to make sure that we're not operating by works that we're receiving in faith. Let's read a couple of uh, examples of Jesus. Turn over to Matthew 9. Did you guys bring your journals? Good job. Matthew 9. Verse 18, while he spoke these things to them, behold, a ruler came and worshiped him, saying, my daughter has just died, but come and lay your hand on her and she will live. So Jesus arose and followed him, and so did his disciples. And suddenly a woman who had a flow of blood for 12 years came from behind and touched the hem of his garment. For she said to herself, if only I may touch his garment, I will be... I shall be made home. But Jesus turned around, and when he saw her, he said, Be of good cheer, daughter. Your faith has made you well. And the woman was made well from that hour. Your faith has made you well. Skip down to verse 27. When Jesus departed from there, two blind men followed him, crying out, and saying, Son of David, have mercy on us. And when he had come into the house, the blind men came to him, and Jesus said to them, Do you believe that I am able to do this? He didn't ask for, well, did you, did you go to church last Sunday? Well, did you put money in the offering? Did you do this? Did you, were you kind to your, your family last year? You know, he's not Santa Claus checking the list twice. You know, he, he looks at them and he says, do you believe I am able to do this? Do you believe I am able to do this? And they said, yes, Lord. And he touched their eyes saying, according to what? Your faith, let it be to you. And their eyes were opened. And Jesus sternly warned them, saying, see that no one knows it. So 
it's both of these examples. It's based upon your faith. Let it be done to you according to your faith. So faith is how this operates. It flows through faith, and faith is believing. It is believing that, and a lot of people believe that, yes, he can, but will he for me? And so we have to scratch that as well and, and get that mindset that, well, yeah, I, I know he's able. I know he's powerful enough, but will he do it for me? I don't know that he, he really even sees me. He loves you. You're his child. And sometimes you have to just sit and ponder that and get that in your mind that he it doesn't matter what your earthly parents were like you have to change the mindset that he loves me he sees me and and when you sit and think about a father what a true father is supposed to do and be for his child then he loves you he loves you, and he wants to give you all good things, and there is not one child. Just like the Bible says, does a father want to give his children a snake? No. Does he want to give them stones? No. He wants to give them all good things. How will he? He gave us the most precious thing, which was Jesus Christ. Why would he withhold anything else from us? So sometimes we have to think and ponder about the love of God and his love towards you. And so everything is through faith. The other point I want to make around faith is the majority of the people in the Bible that were healed, they sought it out. They were not sitting at home. Jesus, it, Jesus wasn't going around knocking on doors. Does anybody here need some healing? He was going about his business ministering the things of the Lord, ministering the things of his father, and people sought him out, and he never turned their faith away. He ne this woman was coming in behind. She wasn't even supposed to be near him. She wasn't supposed to be near the crowd because she had an issue of blood, and so she was considered unclean. And so she wasn't, she was at a place where it's either, you know, if they, if they take me out and stone me, then I'm, I'm, I'm there. I'm already, I'm desperate for an answer and a solution to this. So if they do that, then so be it, but I'm, I'm pressing in. And so she's pressing in. If I can just touch his garment, I know that I'll be made whole. I know I'll be healed. And so in her mind, she knew her answer was to touch the hem of his garment. Faith. Faith. And so that's when he looked at her and said, it's through your faith that you're made whole. It's through your faith that you're healed. So the majority of the people in the Bible, they sought out their healing. You hear a lot of people sit at home and say, well, Jesus wants to heal me. He'll heal me. And it doesn't work that way. Well, Jesus sees me. God sees me. And if he, wants to, if he wants to make me better and if he wants to do something about my situation, he'll just do it. Because he knows all good things and he knows, you know, my, my life and, and he just knows. But it takes, it takes effort on our part. We have a part to play in this. And so we have to activate our faith. The other thing, if you're operating in, in the gift of faith, or sorry, not the gift of faith, but if you're operating in gifts of healing, 
if someone is not searching for it, you have to have the faith for it. And I think you touched on that a second ago. If you remember the story about Peter, and he's walking, and, and then there's the, the man by gate, beautiful, and he's looking, he's looking for money. He's looking for alms. He's not looking for healing. But Peter stops, and he's, he looks at him, and he says, I don't have any silver or gold, but what I do have, I give you in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Get up. He had faith. Peter, Peter had the faith come upon him to minister to him, to, to uh, minister healing into the lame guy, into the, the crippled man that was sitting by that gate every single day. And I'm sure Peter probably walked by him many times before, but that day was different. Peter had something come upon him. Maybe it was because he was praying that morning and, and there was just something in him, a revelation, or maybe he, he had been reading scriptures. Whatever it was, the power of God came upon him for that moment to minister healing and a, the gift of healing into that man. And so the man was raised up and he was able to walk, but he was not looking for it, but the faith came upon Peter to do it. So I, I just want to, I want you to realize too, that if someone isn't looking for it, it doesn't mean that it can't happen. It's just, it's going to have to happen through your faith because sometimes people don't know, or they're not even in that moment of faith. They, they haven't been in a church service. They haven't been listening to things of God. They, they're very devoid of, of any kind of faith in their life. But if, you have it, you can minister to them through your faith. The other thing I would say around that is sympathy and unbelief do not cultivate faith. Sympathy, and I don't mean compassion. I'm talking about sympathy, and sympathy caters to that spirit. Sympathy is is poor you, there's no way out. You understand the difference? Jesus had compassion. Compassion means with passion. So Jesus, with passion, because he's looking at these people going, these are children of God. There is no reason that the enemy should have them. They should be set free. So he's moved with passion because he sees them being wronged. And so he's moved with passion, compassion, to see them set free. So he sees hope. He sees their freedom. Whereas sympathy says you're going to stay right here, and we're just going to send you some flowers and say, you know, good luck. Hope, the, hope you get more flowers. I don't know. <laughs> hope you get some more blankets and socks and flowers. But we're not seeing you come out of this. So sympathy kind of just coddles it and, and invites it to stay, really. So when you're talking about sympathy and unbelief, when there's an atmosphere of that, it's not going to be easy for the Holy Spirit to, to move into that. And that's why Jesus took in only uh, Peter and, and John into the, the room of the dead girl. And so he was eliminating unbelief. He was eliminating sadness. He was eliminating grief out of that room. And only those that had the faith in what Jesus could do was allowed in there. And that has to happen sometimes. I was reading a story today where that very thing, that very thing happened. I think it might have been, I think it was Smith Wigglesworth. And he, he was in a room with a, a young girl who had consumption. She was dying. It was pretty much her last night. 
and the mother and the sister were in there with the child, and he said, he comes in, and he, and of course, they wanted him to come and pray, but they said, or he said, you're going to have to leave. You need to go, go to bed. And they're like, no, we're not leaving her side. I haven't even changed clothes for three days. Like, I've been here the whole time. And he said, all right, you wanted me to come. It's either you go to bed or I'm leaving. And so he was very bold about it. But he knew what he was dealing with. And he needed to eliminate the sympathy. And, that, that, and that's why sometimes even in here, if, if there's a moment where where a pastor or someone, a man of God, is ministering to someone, and then if someone comes up and starts, oh, and, and does this, and, and it, I'm not talking like just giving tissues, but there are times, and I, I understand sometimes it's because the, the, the heart of the person is caring. That's what's going on, but what happens in that moment is they can culture that atmosphere for that thing to stay instead of the power of God and faith moving into that situation because sometimes they're dealing with something and there's a boldness that comes upon them and that irritates the Holy Spirit in them. Does that make sense without offending anybody? Okay. I heard the ones that said yes. If you said no, I didn't hear you. <laughs> All right. In, in Matthew 13, 58, I'm not going to... Uh, hit every every I'm not going to read every scripture but in Matthew 13 58 Jesus could do no mighty works in his hometown because they were like well this is this is Jesus he's the carpenter's son we remember him he grew up here and 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 they were offended it said at him because they were familiar with him how can anything good come from him how can miracles come from him we knew him he was he grew up here and it said that he could do no mighty works there because of their unbelief but then you read in Luke 5 17 and it says that the power of the Lord was present to heal and you see the difference in the atmosphere here no mighty thing could happen but here the power of the Lord was present to heal and that's when the the four men with the paralyzed friend come and and tear up the roof and lower the friend into the room and the paralyzed man comes up off his cot off his bed and is able to walk the difference in the atmosphere and so that's why when we come in here then we have to create that atmosphere of expectancy we have to create that atmosphere and prepare our hearts to receive in faith it's not based upon what you can do it's based upon what he can do so your eyes get set on him not on you not on what you can do but what the the power of your God can do so the the difference is the ex, the expectation or the atmosphere that is cultured so that's why we, we, we push for faith and for even the songs that we sing. It, it's, to, it's about him. We don't sing about our hard times. We don't sing about, you know, our difficulties. We sing songs that glorify him because he's not going to, I don't care how much you cry at a song, and if it has to do with your pain and your moment, that, that God's not necessarily going to dwell in that. Just because you're crying, just because you're emotional, doesn't necessarily mean it's God. 
Because we can cry over things, but it doesn't mean that it's the Holy Spirit. God dwells in the praises of his people. When he is magnified, when he is lifted up, when he is glorified, then that's when you feel a shift happen in the atmosphere. And it's not just the words. It's from the heart. It's from the spirit. Because people can sing songs, and they can just, you know, (laughs) and it can be a very joyous song, but out of them it sounds dead. But then you come into an atmosphere where people are praising God because of who he is. They're praising God because they know what he can do. They're praising God because they've seen what he's done in the past, and they're looking forward to what he's going to do in the future. And it's coming out of their spirit, and it's a joyous occasion because, God, I'm so excited I'm on your team. I'm so excited that I'm in your family. I thank you, God, that you've saved me. I thank you, Lord, for all the healings that I've seen in my past and for what you're going to do in my brother and what you're going to do in my sister. And I thank you, Father, for all the testimonies that already surround me on every side because I've seen what you've done in their life. So we give you praise. And when you do that, his presence comes in. And when the whole congregation is in that mode, man, it's like electricity. And it's like you can feel the presence of the Lord is there to do mighty things. I'm about ready to run. (laughs) (laughs) Praise God. Hallelujah. Get this in your spirit tonight. I'm telling you, this just, I'm, I, it's leaping on the inside of me. A couple things you touched on there, and it's vitally important because gifts of healings are released out of compassion. That's vitally important. She, you mentioned compassion. She talked about sympathy. There are three things there's empathy, sympathy, and compassion. Empathy says, I've been there, brother. I know what you're going through. I suffered all these years with my bad back, and I, I feel your pain, right? We say things like that. Sympathy says, I don't, don't know what you're going through, but I feel sorry for you. That's not who our Jesus is. He never healed somebody. He didn't sit back and go, I wish I could do something. And, and real quick in Matthew here, chapter 14 and verse 14, it says, And Jesus went forth and saw a great multitude and was moved with compassion toward them, and he healed their sick. Everything Jesus did was moved out of compassion, and the gifts of the Spirit that operate through us is through compassion. Compassion is a desire to see change. It recognized, and and another thing, Jesus came to alleviate suffering. He was moved when he saw people that were hurting and sick and diseased. And out of that heart of compassion, he didn't want to leave them that way. So when people preach a gospel that God puts suffering and sickness upon people just to teach them, or he knows you can handle it, that's why, that's that's not a gospel. That's not the Bible we, that we teach and we believe. He puts no sickness on anyone. He's always been the cure. For this cause was the Son of God manifested that he might destroy the works of the devil. So that's Bible. That's the bottom line. So anything else that teaches anything contrary is not what we believe. And it won't bring you into that place of receiving healing. Because you'll be convinced, well, maybe I'm just, this is just my lot in life. No, you just made God a respecter of person. If he healed one, he'll heal all. There wasn't, he didn't say eeny, meeny, miny, mo. Everyone, as many as they came to him. He said, I will what? In no wise cast out. So that's powerful. And just get that in your spirit. And I feel it. Why, why, why it jumps? Because I feel this every time I go to a hospital. The Holy Spirit starts stirring because it's that touch 
that anointing starts drawing up because it starts welling up because the Holy Spirit says, I don't, I don't, I don't want to see them suffering. I don't feel sorry for them, and I don't say that like not out of compassion, but it is compassion because I, I don't want to see them remain in that situation. And the Holy Spirit says, when you operate in compassion, I can release the gifts of healing. So I really wanted to emphasize that, and you, you brought that out well. And when there's a draw on, on and a demand on the things of God, it can bring that about in you too, like what you're saying. When you go... Uh, into a situation where you feel like, okay, I've got something on the inside of me that needs to be released because there's a demand for it. And, you know, it's just like when, when Lisa called the one time and, and her husband was knocking on death's door and he is, you know, they're, they're down Manly Chapel Road, the whatever dark time at night and she calls and the ambulance had just passed us and then she calls and then we realize it was because of her husband and she's like this is what's going on he's you know he's near death not that she's speaking that but she's saying this is what the case is right now and so we immediately uh the four of us got in the car me, Brad, and uh, the kids, and, and we're all praying going down the road. A demand had been placed. And so what starts rising up on the inside of you because a demand had been placed on you. A demand, had, and it's not you, it's what's in you. You understand what I'm saying? Because God has to work through a vessel. So he's He's looking for who he can work through. So it, it's like you go into a mode where it becomes this fight mode. And so there's, and, and like you said, if you stay in that, because that's where the enemy would like to play tricks with us, is, is when we go in to pray for someone, but, and, and yeah, there's that, I, I want to be um, sympathetic to the situation, but at the same time on the inside, there's like this, this roar in you uh, because it's the Holy Spirit that's fighting for their life or fighting for uh, what's going on in that particular situation. And so when when that happens, it's like you have to be sensitive to the Holy Spirit. And even in that moment, we're praying in tongues, and it's like out of our spirit came a particular verse. I don't even remember which one it was now, but it was, it was like that verse just kept ringing in my ears. And it was we just kept declaring that scripture over and over and over, you know. And, and he was out of the hospital in one day, two days. Yeah, and it was, it was a quick turnaround from especially where, where he had been and what he looked like and, you know, everything that had been going on. And so the, that demand for, just like the woman with the issue of blood, placed a demand on the anointing. And so what, what's happening is that anointing rests in you. That anointing rests in you. And so we cultivate that. We cultivate that. And that's why whenever, when Paul looks at Timothy and says, be ready in season and out of season. It's like, it wasn't like I was preparing that day. We hadn't been sitting around going, well, we might get a phone call today. So we better, you know, stay in our little corners and, and pray in tongues all day long and, and read the word. I, I don't even remember what we, we were here and, and leaving for some reason, but it, it was like we, it was just like, 
okay, we're ready. Because you, you live prepared for the, the things that, that need to happen in this spirit. Just to add, you know, it's, you know, there is that place because, you know, in, in Acts 1-8, that you shall receive power. You shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. Of course, we know that it says you'll be my witness to Judea, Samaria, to the ends of my earth. But, but even, in, even in that witness, it's not only to share the good news, but it's to do the work of ministry. And that is the work of ministry. And so it's that power. I mean, I, I don't know. <laughs> I'm like, I'm about ready to run too. So, but it, it, it's the power. It, it's the power. It, it's not you. So you, you have to remove that from your head. It's not you. It's the very power that's, that's living. It's the same power that picked up the guy the other day and took him home. And it says, no, I don't want salvation. But it's the same power that, you, that you're, you're drawing to, to it's, there's a release, and I'm telling you, once you begin to pay attention to, to that power that dwells on the inside of you, it, it, you know, it will find places to move. God will direct you. He'll put you on assignment. You, you, you'll, be, you'll be in places where, where that release of power has to be, has to be released. I, I believe that. I believe we'll see more of that. But, but it's the power on the inside of you. You know, it's in your home. It's, it's how you pray. It's, you know, it's that power. Release that power of God that's on the inside of you. And, it, you know, because it's, he wants us to possess and have an understanding of the gifts. And, um, you know, as he wills, of course, but but it's, you know, and he wills us to operate in all the gifts. So so, you know, depending upon what what's needed, but however, somebody can put a demand on the you, gifts. No, you, you, you <laughs> can know? walk into a room and the, a demand for a word can be placed on a prophet. You, you, when we go to prophetic conferences, there's a demand for the prophetic. It's not, you, you know, people, you know, they're they're expecting to receive a word. You can put a demand on a word, you know, um. You, you can put a demand on healing. Amen. I praise God. You know, you, you put a demand on it when you need it. Amen. You know, and, and draw into it. You, you, all the gifts, you can put a demand on them. And but you as a vessel overflow. I, I think that's the one thing that even this year, I, I just can continually see that this is a charging station where people will come in on a Wednesday night, a Sunday Sunday evening, you know, Sunday morning, and it'll be a recharging. That, you know, that's what church is. Church should be a recharging center. You know, it's it's not, you know, people will say, well, you know, church is for, you know, a house full of sinners. No, we're not sinners. We're ready to go do the work of ministry because the Holy Spirit, you know, lives inside of us. Yes, we were once sinners. Amen. We, we lead people to the cross. Amen. They get saved, but then we go out. And we do the work, amen. And but it's it's a recharging center, you know. That we, you know, praise God. I yeah. Anyway, you better keep moving. Well, I'm not. I'm not going to get. I'm not going to get through those five. Yeah. It's yeah. Too late. We'll do that next week. But, um, you know, it, even just that topic reminded me of when we were uh, in in Hana and uh, Jonathan was doing a particular. Um, devotion that day with all the team that was there and and you know everybody that was in in our church and and we were sitting there and it was like after I don't even I don't know what the devotion was about but after it got done there was a particular girl that all of a sudden stands up and like charges towards the front and it was on this you know like a porch probably about from here to the wall and she charges towards the front and falls down and is like I don't want it anymore I don't want it and I don't want this anymore and so whatever 
whatever spiritual thing that she had been dealing with. And it was kind of like everybody was just like, whoa, because nobody was expecting it, first of all. And, and Dr. Rodney was there. And, and he was like, cast it out of her because Jonathan was like, kind of like, you know, big eyes, like, what the heck's going on, <laughs> you know? And Dr. Rodney was like, cast it out of her. And, and so he did, but it was like this girl, it, it wasn't even like that, that particular devotion was, we weren't, you know, worshiping, having things moving in the spirit. It was just like, he got done, he closed his Bible, and it was like that whatever had been preached had stirred in her to the point that she desired this thing to be out and for to be walking in holiness and so she it was like she placed a demand on the gifts she placed a demand on the anointing so when I say that that people can place a demand on the anointing that's what I'm talking about that you can place a demand on the anointing for healing or for uh, something I know even when your daughter had come in a couple different times and, and she was searching uh, for direction, you know, and so she in her heart had been praying about certain things. And, and then, you know, you've got a man of God that doesn't even know her and then boom, all of a sudden speaks a word to her about direction. But it had been in her heart. She'd been praying about it and asking God. God heard that prayer and set things up to where she received the word for that direction that she needed. I don't have anything else without going into uh, the other the other things that I had planned. So, if you guys have anything else, I, I'll just say this because please understand: and the gifts you you have to practice. You you know in anything you know you know anything with the word, you know expect God to use you and 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 flow in the gifts. But but practice and, and and I'll say this even around practice, if you get you know if you get a word or or something over someone, have accountability. You know, call me up and say, Pastor, you know I had a, you know I had a word and you know you know call somebody up. You know, have that accountability. It's so important. But but you know that's how you begin to learn how to operate. That's where you begin to grow in those things. Um, you know you know Greg and I've spent enough time together. And as an example, sometimes. You know, I'll just sense in my spirit, you know, I'll bring Greg up to pray because I know that he prophesies. You know, we all, we all can prophesy, amen? But even beyond that, I know that there's the word of knowledge or the word of wisdom or things can flow. Gifts of healing can take place even then. And, and that's the one thing about the gifts. You, and I please hear this because and I know you've heard it before, there can be three or four different gifts happening in, in, one, in one given situation. There could be, could be a miracle, could be a healing, could be a word of knowledge, a word of wisdom. Praise God, and, and you know, who knows? And then they, the, the, the gift of giving come on that person. I, you know, that, that kind of stuff, it's supernatural. And it does happen that way. And I, and I think, don't ever, don't ever, well, you know, you know, I remember the first time that Moran and I, we, we had started seeing healings, healings happen and, uh, in, in meetings and different things. And, and I, we went back to our home church and ministered and, one at one one meeting that the church was just packed out at the end and, and we were praying for people 30 40 people in the altars just you know we're believing we're believing for them and uh, a girl you know in line you know she makes i didn't know you had a healing ministry and i was like oh you know and it, it was like no no I, I don't have a healing ministry this is the gift of the holy spirit flowing through me as a vessel it's not my 
It's not my ministry. It's 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 not it's his ministry. It's his ministry flowing through you. So you're you're a vessel. Praise God. And I'm thankful, you know, and, you know, that's the humility in it. And so um, praise God. I just I wanted to add that. So just real quick, I'll, uh, in Matthew, again, there, uh, verse 34 out of 14. Uh, 35, when the men of that place had knowledge of him, they sent out into all that country round about and brought unto him all that were diseased and besought him that they might only touch the hem of his garment. And as many as touched were made perfectly whole. And I really want to put an emphasis there because it is plural, gifts of healing. In other words, there are and you'll see sometimes in ministries, I know we're probably going to talk about how healing comes and the different ways it's administered by the Holy Spirit, but gifts of healing, whatever's necessary. And, and a lot of, of uh, even men of God will, they'll use their faith many times for to see blind eyes come open or deaf ears and stop or the lame walk. You'll see uh, tents were uh, surrounded with crutches and uh, the paralytic would walk. Uh, um, one great man of God, he, anybody that had arthritis, it would, it would instantly be healed because he used his faith. What I want to encourage you to as we're talking about this is take the limitations off. You are a vessel used by God. It's not up to me. It's not me to, to perform a miracle or to perform gifts of healing. It's simply, as, as Pastor Randy, you're simply a vessel that says, Lord, here am I, use me. And what you'll find, the reason why I say that is you may find yourself in a crowd of people and begin to minister healing to where you lay hands on everyone there and everyone receives a miracle. And you don't know necessarily what one needs versus another. So if one's got a crippled leg, another one's got a bad heart, another one can't see, is blind in an eye, you just simply operate and let that... Because if the gift's flowing, God's not a respecter of person. And your expectation is, I'm not leaving here till everyone here is touched by God. And the anointing and the gifts of healing make everyone perfectly whole. Jesus didn't come back and say, hey, you guys, come back tomorrow. We'll try it again. He touched everyone. And he allowed. And I believe that. That's that heart of the Holy Spirit, that compassion that God has. He's wanting to flow out of us. And he's more willing I think that we are even sometimes to flow and to touch people, but he's got to use a vessel. He's not going to sit set, set and say, here, I've got it. You go, go home and take a nap. He needs vessels. He needs men and women who are submitted to the Holy Spirit and says, use me. I yield myself to this gift right now, and Lord, let it flow. And if you'll do that, you don't have to... Uh, know the Bible frontwards and backwards. Even people that are brand new saved go out and do this because there's just simply a willing vessel. And I just want to leave you with that. Encourage it. Don't limit God and just be willing and you'll see these gifts operate in you. And I want to leave you with this. <laughs> we just keep going around in a circle. Okay, this is it. This is it. I, w I was uh, looking down and reading this as, as Brother Don was talking and, and God was showing me a couple things in this. And it's powerful. Uh, in chapter 9 of, of Matthew, verse 35, it says, Then Jesus went about the cities and the villages, teaching in their synagogues, preaching the gospel of the kingdom, and healing every sickness and every disease among the people. But when he saw the multitudes, he was moved with compassion for them, because they were weary and scattered like sheep, having no shepherd. Then he said to his disciples, The harvest truly is plentiful. But the laborers 
are few. Therefore, pray the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. And we've been praying that that scripture even on EMP the last couple of, of days. And, um, you know, I, I was just thinking this. Why, when Jesus, he's healing every sickness and every disease, but it says he looked out to the multitudes and he was moved with compassion because they were weary and scattered like sheep having no shepherd. And I'm just getting this picture in my head. Like Jesus is standing there going, the multitudes, they, they need touch, but there's so many. And, and you know, when you're, when you're looking at, at the ministry of how Jesus operates so many times, he's asking them, what do you believe? What are you believing for? It's, it's through your faith that you're healed. So it's not like, uh, you know, you can necessarily, unless you get the congregation or the crowd to a place where they will receive their healing uh, by the sent word, Many times they think they have to touch or somebody has to touch them or this has to happen or that has to happen. So he's, he's ministering according to their faith. But he's looking out at the multitudes and going, this will, like you said, it'll, it'll take forever. So we need to pray for the workers, pray for the laborers. And I'm just imagining like this, this is a, too much for one person. So he... If you think it's only for ministers, Jesus himself is saying the harvest is ready. We need laborers. Pray for the laborers to be sent out because we need laborers in the field. There's too many out there for one person to handle. And if they're they're all if it's operating through faith, then it's got to be either by the faith of that person or the faith of you. So and if their faith is not up to a place to receive and it's resting on your faith, you see what I'm saying? So he he has to to, he has to move in the capacity of, of where we have set the, our limitations, so to speak. Pray for the laborers because the laborers need to be sent out. I can't be everywhere that you are and you can't be everywhere that I am. I'm not going to come to your workplace and just hang out and say, hey, I'm going to come here because, you know, Stephen works here. And so I just thought I would come and minister to Stephen's friends here at his workplace today. They'd kick me out. They'd be like, Get Stephen, tell your pastor to go home. She's weird. But Stephen can go there, and he can have an in with the people there. You know, and so it, it's, and if I, even if I did minister there all day long, then what about, what about Minister Lehigh's work? Well, then all of them don't get ministered to unless he does it. Pray for the laborers. Pray for the laborers. Because the harvest is ready, but the laborers are few. So we'll end on that tonight. We must have laborers. We must have laborers raised up, and we must all be willing to go and to be a vessel that the, that the Lord is able to move through. Anything else? All right. Let's close out. Let's, let's tell God that, that I am willing to be a laborer. I'm willing to be a vessel. Father, we thank you for this word tonight. We thank you, Lord, for the power of your Holy Spirit. And, Lord, even each one of us, earthen vessels made of clay, but, Father, that your extraordinary power works through us. And we thank you for entrusting to us your precious Holy Spirit. And, Lord, we pray that we will, that we will have the eyes to see that every barrier is taken off of our minds, that even tonight, through the 
the word of God, that, that things, lies, myths, things were destroyed in Jesus' name, and that that broke off things so people can move more freely in the gifts of, of healing. And we pray, Father, for even uh, the people that are in workplaces, Lord. I pray for opportunity. I pray, Father, for, for vessels to go out into your field, your, your kingdom, Father, being able to minister the gifts of the Spirit and gifts of healing in their workplaces. And, Father, that they shall lay hands on the sick and the sick shall recover in Jesus' name, that they shall raise people up from deathbeds in Jesus' name. And we thank you, Father, for giving us your precious gift, your precious Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.